You're listening to Not an Innocent Man podcast, the first true crime podcast from the mouth of the man accused of the murder and the attorney that represented him. Take an inside look at the crime, investigation, and trials. This podcast is not for the faint of heart. I am Ed Hayburn, the attorney that tried the case, and I am joined by the accused, Shahid Brown. Yes, I have. I, I have no problem. With tell us, tell us what happened when you got there. Well, we drove and um, we was just I'm playing a part, talking to him, just me and him in the car alone because he didn't really trust nobody else in the car at, at that particular time because it was an incident that exposed his hand, and he just knew, you know, once you end with guys, you know they thinking, you know, once you cross a certain line with certain guys, like oh no, that's zero tolerance, like. Because it's like the more you suffer and the more you lose in the streets, that's what make you zero tolerant to things. And it's like, it's, you know, like I said, you suffer losses in the most terrible fashion with, you know, people that you love dearly, people that you, comrades that you grow to love more than your actual relatives, that you love just as much as you love your brother. You know? So was, was he getting suspicious? He had got suspicious because, like I said, he knew, he knew how... We all operated. Okay. You know, it ain't like he didn't know us. We all knew each other. So he knew once he got exposed that uh, about a, it was like it was a, a variety of things. It wasn't just one particular thing. It was like bad things, like multiple bad things that you like that you wouldn't expect. Like if you find out that's like something like you finding out your brother is a pedophile or something like that, and you like what? Wait, how? Like you just might like no, like you're blindsided. You're blindsided. So the the. the the level of disloyalty that he was displaying, it was like, you don't do that to your to somebody, your brother. You don't do that to your brother. You don't do that to your, like, your comrade. Like, we've been through things in the streets, like, things that we established bonds that you, like, you just, like, how could you do something like that? And it was that particular stuff. So, I'm just playing a part with him. And, you know, uh... Like I said, this guy, he was real street savvy. Like, he was the creme de la creme of uh, just being a, a, a manipulative, like, a sneak. Like, and I'm talking about those type of people. Pe- bad things happen to people with those individuals because they have no loyalty. And they're yeah. careless with people's lives. They're careless with people. Like, you just you just don't do that, the stuff that he was doing. So, so. Take us to the incident. Tell us. So we're walking. We're, we're we're driving up there, and he, you know, I'm just telling him things. I know how to. We knew each other, so I knew how to keep him comfortable. And as we riding, um, it was a it was a location that I felt was a per. No, I'm lying. It was the event individual that was in North who he thought was buying the drug. He said, "This is a good location for us to." To leave him here, to kill him, and leave him here. So, to the, the execute it there, and it was a graveyard, a dark block on a side block with a graveyard. He's not from North, and I was aware that he came been out there with me in times where we was the brotherhood was pure, but he didn't. He still didn't know his way. He didn't know his way actually through there, so he didn't know the streets. And once we got there, we pulled up, and it was another car with the other two my other two comrades and he didn't really want them to come but he knew how we always uh, move 
when we going to a different city, to especially do drug transactions. You want to keep other guys with weapons there, just in case you might be might be going into a setup with guys trying to rob us. Okay. So you know he knew that was zero. I was zero talent. I wasn't gonna budge with not having them around. We're going into something like that, but he thought we was going into. So he conceded and the guy he was just trailing us, telling us, and we pulled up to the location and I called the guy, I called who he thought was the people that was buying, like, we all, we all at? And he's like, oh yeah, we right up here. Where we supposed to walk? I'm like, hey, we about to walk up. And that's when I, he started kind of, we started seeing the, 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 like, oh, maybe, it started dawning on him that he may be getting sleepwalked. Right, he might be getting sleepwalked. So, you know, he, we got there, he, he, one thing that let me know we kind of gave it up that he knew at that point when we walked up because I think I was going in my pocket to grab my phone or something and he jumped and grabbed his head like as if he was expecting to get shot in the head and he like kind of jumped and we was he kind of caught all of us off guard with that like we like what's up and you know I'm like what's, what's going on with you and he said he was just like like you could tell he was spooked at that point because okay. He, he pretty much knew and it was the individual in the back of him the individual in the back of him was signaling for me like asking me like do it now like hit him hit him cause he had a weapon on him behind him he was just more so looking at me focused on me so when when to do it no no the guy the individual who we was there for is looking at you he's he no he he was just fo- he was focused on me like expecting me to do it. Oh, he thought I was going, but the guy behind him he didn't see the guy behind him. Gotcha. Sitting in behind him saying, "Do it now, do it now." Right. And I said I I kind of gave a head nod and he grabbed his he grabbed his dreads from the back and tried to shoot him in the back of the head, but the gun mouth functioned it jammed and he kind of snatched away and at that point I shot him and put it to his face and shot him in the face and he fell um i put the gun to his head stood over him put it to his head and it clicked the gun my gun had jammed so i kept trying to unjam it decock it and and shooting kept putting it down but it was it went and go and then somebody came out and i just kept trying to back away but do it and I didn't. We didn't have masses on. We didn't have anything. And and matter of fact, we made it. Somebody had walked by right before, rode by on a bike, and went in the house. And they just, I guess they just felt the airiness because it's dark out there. Like it's, mm-hmm. and it's just. I guess it didn't feel right. But they was looking, and that's who came. Actually, came back outside the house. Like once the shot went off, and he looked, and that's why I just kept trying to decock it and, and fire it, and. We end up leaving. We end up jumping back in the car. You uh, leave him there, obviously. Yes, he, we left him there. He wasn't. He was just not moving. He wasn't responding. Did you think he was dead? I hoped he was. <laughs> Rather, I hoped he was. You know, that's the only thing I kept thinking about. Like I hope, you know, that he's gone. And so while we riding off. We st- I, I decided we instead of jumping back on the highway, I, we stopped somewhere and wiped uh, the car down, his car, because one of the cars was his car. Okay. And um, we wiped this car down, 
and we was gonna for fingerprints for fingerprints right okay. we wiped it down because the fingerprints and everything was in it and um I decided let's go to the gas sent them to the gas station no I didn't send them I said we're gonna go to the gas station and route the going back to the turnpike back to Trenton okay and um and we was gonna set his car on fire close by the turnpike and get on the turnpike and just head back we went to the gas station, wiped the car down, went to the gas, we took the drugs, um, put the drugs, it was a stash spot inside the cars, a stash spot that we had installed inside the car. So at this point, the drugs were just a prop? Yeah, the, the drugs were just a prop. He never, we never had no intentions on uh, doing no drug transaction. We just right. needed to get him there. Once he told me about that, that's when I quickly concocted like this is the perfect opportunity to, to 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 do it. We can't wait on it. Got to jump on it. So I put a call in, um, but without him knowing and told the person in North what the play was. Like this, is what I need you to do. You know the situation, and no question about it. Everybody around me, you know, had close experiences with that what we was engaging in. So it wasn't nobody was a fish out of water, and everybody. Pretty much, we knew we, we knew this was normal to us. This type of stuff and being around that type of stuff was normal to us. So um, we end up going in route. I was hungry because I didn't. I know after the fact, I said I wanted to grab something to eat before we uh, got on the highway. And I think we. Oh, you didn't lose your appetite. No, I didn't lose my appetite. And. How are you, is this a stressful event, or is it like you say, just this is how life is? It's just how it, it, it is. It's, it's, um, you pretty much, like, for some, for some people in the urban community, that's all they know that's right. They raised to, because they around that stuff at a, such an early age, like my nephews and stuff like that, they... They actually was around, and they was kids in the neighborhood, in my neighborhood. They was being around, shoot people coming, shooting the neighborhood up behind, as a result for me and things like that. They, they saw things like, and they, they're not street people, but certain kids is just, they grow up seeing this stuff, so they think that this is normal, because that's the norm of it. So they don't know when you outside of that, when you step outside of the urban community and see a different life, like how actually life should be, Led without the violence and stuff, you know, they like they think like to them they think that's something wrong. Like, right. oh, oh, y'all so loud. Like, no, that's the proper way. So some people in life, really in the urban community, that's all they know as this is how life's supposed to be. Right. They don't know no other way unless they take it out. And some people sadly don't ever leave, make get a chance to experience life outside of the urban community. They lose their life, or they whether it's through the prison system or through death, they lose their life before they actually got a chance to realize that the the, the, the values of manhood that they th that they came up believing that, which sadly were taught that stigma that oh if somebody step on your shoes you just that, oh you kill them that's disrespectful they disrespecting you that's not we grow up believing that's that real values of manhood and because we really like that's how and it's like generations and generations of people in the urban communities is being passed down and the false values of manhood so people really do believe that so it ain't like people just like oh they just they choose to go that route this is all they actually know mm -hmm. because 
you know, if their mother sprung out and father sprung out, they thinking that that's normal. Like right. they normalize your mother being on crack. They normalize serving your mother crack cocaine. Right. Like that stuff become normal, and it's not, and, and it's not. So that's all. That's all they really know. So it's not that that needs to be understood. Is not everybody don't have a choice of like of the, taking that route. It's just the lifestyle, the, the 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 unfortunate circumstances of that individual life. It's that's going to be hard for for people to get their head around. Right. Unless right. You you experience right. But is there a sense after after? This guy shot. Is there a sense? Is there an urgency to be like, let's get out of here? Because it sounds like you go to the gas station, you get something to eat. It sounds to get away from there, yeah. get away from the scene. I didn't want to get caught on the scene. Absolutely, okay. it was an urgency to get away from there, but it wasn't. It was an urgency to work. Um, no, because how it is, you 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 know the jungle that you're in, especially when you raised in the jungle. You know how to you you know the good locations that that's gonna buy us time to exit routes that you know the streets just as well as the cops even better than the cops. Okay. So you know how to you know that's what location is when things like that location is is key. Um, it's just a, a a variety of elements that will make it that you like you know that okay we can do this we can do this and get off with it we can you you know like. When murders occur in the urban community, a lot of times it's pre-planned. Like it is not just reckless. Like this stuff that people stalk, people hunt. Like it's the vicious cat and mouse game. Like is is so people. I, I think people have a perception that there's these beefs on the street, and it just it just pops off without any thinking. But you're you're. You're giving us a different view. You're right. saying no, it's a lot more it's premeditated. Yeah, it's premeditated, calculated. calculated. Location is selected. Right. How you're going to get in? How you're going to get see out? The, you can see the world bloom before it even actually occur. You can tell, like when things is sometimes things just do occur spur of the moment. Then like, mm-hmm. but once a certain line crossed, you know what's going to happen because you talking about a bunch of violent people. The violent side, even if the incident happened, you might not be a. A, a, a killer, so to speak, of your neighborhood, but you will stand up dude in your neighborhood. So if something happening and you get involved in this tour with somebody, you don't have to cross that line. We're going to cross that line for you because gotcha. you are our brother, you are our comrade. So you don't have these people that's willing to go further and further this extent of violence. Some people are like, man, I ain't got it in me. Like, he keep there and be honest. I'm not really trying to kill nobody, but I fight. And you like, okay, like, I can respect that. And there are different roles for, for these comrades, right? Like, like it's, it's different. It's different roles in your neighborhood. Like, you know, he, you may not be my core guy that I'm with every day, but if somebody from another neighborhood violates you, you're not about to disrespect my neighborhood like that. Okay. By, by let us letting that go, letting that, letting that disrespect, because you gotta understand in the in the urban community when you let something like that. Uh, go by that ex- that excite the wolves and people prey on weak you know every not everybody I wasn't one of them guys I more so always was I gravitated to those guys because I wanted to step because mm-hmm. I know how I was coming up so if you're you're saying if, if you don't respond then you're perceived as weak, and that makes you a target for other people. Right, and now them same guys might, that same neighborhood might go a step further. They might end up trying to, 
remove y'all from that block or neighborhood to to take over the drug market, especially if y'all making money and y'all letting that you letting that disrespect go. Now they want to like, nah, let's let's take that block. That's a lot of money, and that's that's a now we got a reason. So you know, it's, it's it, it it get it get tricky with that. So you got to be careful when. When you have to respond, violence is the only thing that people respect. Now you go and, and, and respond like that. Now you might see them guys wasn't really trying to go to that extent, but okay. you have to. So getting back, yeah, let's get back to it. As we was going to the, we went to the gas station, got the gas, we get put it inside a gas tank, a gas uh, can. So as we was going. I guess why are you putting gas out so we can set the car on fire? <laughs> All, right. All right. So as we as we're going, they was the the car that they was in the two my two comrades they was in his car. I, I you know I had him take his car, drive his car, and I was in the other car now because when and coming up to North, me and him, me and the individuals in the car together, you know, and um once we got going back, being that. I was doing it. I didn't want to get caught in his car if, if it came to it. So I was in the other car, and um, uh, I end up putting the gun. I put the gun up because I didn't want to ride with the gun either. Because I thought about even staying the night, but I said, you know, I want to get back to Trenton because I had some. It was a bunch of things that I had to, that needed my attention coming back in, in, in the street sense of. Um, police had cracked down and found weapons that um, they found weapons in that from the stash house and it was just a bunch of things that it was like falling apart that and this was heat uh, that was from that uh, July 14th homicide homicide right they was putting a lot of heat trying to locate them they wanted like apparently that I learned after the fact they wanted they and, and the effort showed it they was scouting the streets for me and trying to locate everybody. So and you're right there, and I'm right there. Okay. So, so you want to get back to Trenton, and right. and you decide you're not going to go um, in in the other guy's car that got shot, and you're in a separate car. What happens? The car behind me, the vi- the victim's car. The cops just got pulled, got on him. But I see them flag them. They flags them and um. They put the lights on. They put the lights on, and me and you know my other comrade, he like, he was like, but you, he was he was just like, with, with, he kind of jerked. That's what put. I think that kind of put the, to let the cops know that we was with them, and that's the only reason I believe they started coming after us because how he kind of broke the car down, hit the brakes and at that point they it was like the cops they just swarmed and he was like he asked me like take the chase like ride off and I was just I'm just thinking like which and I know the first thought that came to my mind I wish I had the weapon on me because I was you know just I know it was just a lot of things going through my mind my record um me not really feeling like not trusting the legal system and you know it was just a lot of things and sadly being raised and spending a lot of time uh, 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 mostly majority of my life behind 
you know, uh, prison walls and jail walls that I, I got aside to experience the legal system that most don't. And I just knew that the system, what they do to minorities. So I wanted to, I was just thinking like, do I want to, I just, I remember vividly thinking I wish I had a gun. So, but you know, the whole court in the street, I, I did not. And did you? So I advised him like, pull over. So okay. I thought like, what could they really have? I'm like, what could they really have on us? And um, I, of course, I'm like, I'm a shooter, Elias. I'm gonna give him a false name because I knew what was at stake, and I had a, a name that um, it worked out. It, it typically worked. It typically oh, in worked. the past you've given this name. Yes, I. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it was a different. I've used that name before, but the Elias that I that all oh, that I normally would use. They was on to that. The police was on to that to that name uh, due to me. Um, just th- th- my name coming across the desk in, in a variety uh, of situations, and they was they was they was aware of me because your the alias ends up getting associated with your name, right? If you've if you've used it, right? And they realize once they get hit to you, right? You can get off with it multiple times without them actually, but once you get once the heat come down, they they figure it out. Right, and they on you and they it's nothing for them to find out, but they just don't put too much effort into they just want you booked and get out. Like they don't really like as long as you, you can certain things you can do to convince them, even if they suspicious without you they can get them to do it. Cause a lot of them they just a lot of them they do a have is like a half ass job in, in the urban community. Mm-hmm. So I told them I'm like, I'm gonna shoot the Elias and I asked them if they ask this the name I'm gonna give you and I forget the, the particular name that I gave them the second name but um I end up giving them they pulled us over they uh they whipped us over drew guns put the light on the car told us to put our hands out they screaming we're we're gonna fucking blood shoot they gonna they's threatening us so it wasn't a normal car stop no it wasn't a normal car stop they pulled over with guns drawn ready to shoot us down if we made the wrong move so uh I held my hands up. We put our hands up like the axe, and for they knew it, the lights were so bright and so on the car that you couldn't really see. And I know they got up on us, yanked us out the car, handcuffed us, and the first thing they asked, "Where's the gun? Where's the gun? Where's the gun?" Like what gun? So no Miranda rights. No Miranda rights. No, no, no. They just saying, "Where's the gun? Where's the gun?" That's all they concerned about. Where's the gun? Where's the gun? None of us saying anything, and. They like, well, we're gonna search this car. Uh, where is that? Like, uh, none of us saying nothing. They just really trying to use the typical police tactics to manipulate us. To uh, come on, we're gonna find it. You might as well just tell us. They basically saying help, uh, help yourselves. And but they they dealing with a season, a season. You're right. That we just we knew, we was well aware that no, what they meant was help. Help us put your asses in jail. <laughs> did did you think that they had connected the dots to the shooting, or did I, wasn't, you think I didn't know? Okay. I didn't really. I, at this point, I didn't really. I didn't really know. So they had us out there just for a while. Just um, more cars pulling up, and they just they is a sense of urgency. So I kind of gathered that, and then from picking up certain from overhearing certain uh, police conversations because it was a head guide. That particular, and I think he was the captain. Um, that 
you know, he kind of, I overheard him say, tell, like, for him to take pictures of us, to take, uh, like, to get the, uh, a, a photo guy there to take our photos, and he said, get it up to the hospital. And he was like, let's just hope this guy don't die on us. So I, at that point, I pretty much figured that, like, they was just in, they searching the car. They just want the gun bad, and they trying to find, and they found, they found the gun in the other car, the gun that jammed, and uh, that the, the other, my other comrade tried to, when he tried to shoot him in the head, they found that gun in the same form, and, and he like, we got a gun, it jammed, and uh, they didn't, you know, they wanted to run it, but he was sure, he said that all the bullets was in there, he like, it didn't, it didn't appear to be, uh, but there was a second gun, it was a second gun, did they find the second gun, they didn't find the second gun, the how, gun. How, how, where was it, it was, uh, it was, I put it somewhere. I had put it. Um, I had put it somewhere because like I said I didn't want to. I was uncomfortable riding after that because if he died, now we get caught. Well, you didn't put it in the car. It was not. I didn't put it in the stash box. I could have put it inside the stash box with with the drugs. But again, did they, they find the drugs? No, they didn't find the drugs. They never found the drugs in the stash box. I mean, but we felt comfortable about the stash box because we've been pulled over, and we know that you know you have the certain things you have to do to make it come open, and we know cops don't particularly just search your car unless they get a tip that you got and that's why it's vital that you don't expose your stash box to people that you don't nobody should know that you have that in your car except for like people so if, it's, if it was to happen you pretty much know who did it it should be that that type of situation okay but you know we was comfortable that if nobody told them that they wasn't going to find that stash box and it's not like some cheap this like well paid stuff to get that Put in here through certain individuals. So there, there are people in the community that actually build these stash they build boxes. Stash boxes, cars? right? Depending on how much you give them, the better. Okay. So like they good, like these people like know how to. They they get it done and they. Great. So. They work. They 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 trying to search. They I'm to my, got four co uh, cops inside the car on each side, each seat, just tearing it up and. Um, they had, they getting our names down. They came, took pictures, took pictures of us. Uh, had us uh, frontal and two sides from left to right, and uh, they rushed it up there. He have it been like they just? It was just a bunch of movement. Every day, everybody trying to just cover loose ends, like the 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 the, the, the Nellas. Then they end up putting us in the car. They took out uh, stuff. I had two phones on me at that particular time. They only took one phone, and they tried to go through our phones, but it was locked. Even though they didn't have authority or got a warrant to go through our phones, they just took our phones and tried to open them right there in front of us. Mm -hmm. And we didn't give them the uh, codes. Or Did they ask you for the codes? They was trying to. They okay. was. They wanted like, but we wasn't responding to them. We wasn't conversing with them. We wasn't. We just kept our mouth shut. We knew that the the the, the less you say is the better. And plus. Our experience with law enforcement, we don't trust them because they do things like we know that you talking to them, even if you're not actually cooperating. We see them play with paperwork and and, and, and and really they crooked like that. We seen a lot of crooked stuff that these people do. So we have absolutely like to us, they're gangsters. They're they're screw people. Mm -hmm. They're just screw people with badges. They got the right to violate us. They got the right to abuse their authority. Like so, all these. And, and not to 
to suggest that what you were doing was right or fine. But you, we do, in society, we have an expectation that the police are going to play by certain rules. Right. Okay? Like, if uh, they need a warrant, they'll get a warrant, and things like that. Right. But it's clear to you immediately that there's no constitutional protections. No. No, absolutely not. And this, and, and this we, 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 like I said, we seen this all, it's all too common. You didn't even expect. What would have happened was they would have went through our phones if they found anything incriminating. Then they would have said, well, we suspect that it's something in there. They would have made it seem like they didn't to get justification now. Like, oh, we just think that they would have created probable cause to get the reason to go through there, knowing that they already went through there right. and found incriminating evidence. They would have took a backwards approach to convicting us. And, you know, that's, that's regular stuff. So it was just pretty much regular to us. We didn't... Like we knew, but we didn't. It's regular. It's this common stuff. We don't. We, we I can count on one hand how many times, and I've been in jail since. You know, I went to the my first incarceration was at twelve for a weapon. So we like we talking about. I seen this all too. I've been beat by the cops even as a kid was selling drugs. You know, they come. Like I seen this stuff. I seen they came and try to put drugs on me before. Like as from at a early, I like I'm this close experience with them, so I know how they operate. And it's like this is just common stuff. I never heard on one how many times I've been arrested. I can count on one hand how many times I actually heard my Miranda rights. I right. didn't even know what that was. Like with your Miranda rights, I didn't right. know. What, I learned what that was late because I never heard that before. They don't. They get the fuck away. That's what they say to you. Come here. Right. And they talk shit. They talk to you like you're a regular person. Like they're regular street people. Right. They sit. You see these people. Married officers messing with street people. Street females. They sleep with these women. Right. And like they, they do these things. They think they, they become street people. They become what they what, what they sit their fight against. Right. And you know so that was that's common stuff. So when they was going through the phones we didn't really like we didn't and, but they only took one of my cell phones and I was handcuffed from the back. They didn't they just, just oh they did a, a sloppy job, and you had the other cell phone on you. I had it on me, and they didn't find. It. I had it in two different pockets. I had one in my back right pocket, and one in my left front pocket. And you know, one I'll say it was a I'll call a personal. One was my personal phone. The other I'll just I'll call a business phone. It was a business phone. So that phone I didn't want them to actually retrieve, and they didn't. So. I was able to make a call. I, I mean, I went and dug in my back pocket with the handcuffs because they had three of us in one cop car and the other two back there in another cop car. So the three that was in there, you know, uh, I told them to move over because we was kind of squished back there. And I'm like, I got the, it was able to get it out of my back pocket. Um, it, the battery's about to die. And I ended up dialing, uh, making a phone call to, um, uh, someone, someone dear to me, and advised them where to get the gun from to remove it. They and you know I told them we in the back seat of the car, um, to to move the gun, to move the weapon ASAP to go move it ASAP. That you got to move it, and, and I instructed them what to do with it. And um, I told them I call, I'm gonna try to call back as if I can. But I cut the phone off so the cops wouldn't hear uh, vibrate or go off, and it preserved the battery. So they had us out there. They took us to the police. Well, they came while we was in the back seat, handcuffed. They said, they got our names. I told them, gave them the alias. They came back saying, 
uh, what's your name? Just like just focus on me. He like that other cop, the one cop, he gets automatic. Like he lying, he lying because that's common for people to shoot aliens. So cops will try to play mind games, try to play mind tricks with you. Like, and I tell him like, you see, even if you say, well, my name is, if I tell him my government, he, right. he I tell him my actual name, you're lying. Like, because they so used to people shooting aliens right. that he automatically that's how you go. Like, he's lying. He's like, he's lying. I'm like, that is my name. And he like, no, he's lying. He's like, you better not be lying. Like, I'm like, man, I, I was saying as minimum as possible. I don't, right. and, 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 and I don't and, and, and entertain conversation with police officers. I just, I, the better, I just don't trust them. So I, the better, the less I say, the better, whether I'm innocent or guilty. Even if I'm innocent, I'm not going to try to explain it to a police officer because I don't, the trust is so, like, I, I, it's so much I didn't witness so much corruptness from these police officers that it's hard it's it's hard for me to trust them and even though now that I'm living a, a, a normal regular life I don't my life don't consist of anything criminal I still don't trust law enforcement because I've been seeing too much from that past life where it, it, the guy could be a straight up the one of the purest police officers that really believe in his heart but I just I didn't seen too much from him that I just, I just, I don't trust them. But there's no advantage to cooperating, right? Because they, they never come to court and uh, and and say, "Oh, he cooperated." So right, right. So I never say that. Right. I didn't come on his back. Like, no, he was forthcoming. He was no. They just want to get. They want to nail you in jail. So that right. that particular time in that interrogation room when they're talking to you, it's only they just want. They only see. They want to convict you. It's not even if you're innocent of it. They just want to reason to sit there and, 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 and put it on you. Right. So it was like, that's it was that situation. So he was just saying that and he went and ran it. And then he came back, I guess when it didn't show up. And he said, you've been arrested before? I said, yes. So why is showing is not arrested? Why is showing that you haven't, it's saying you've never been arrested? I said, well, maybe there's something wrong with your uh, computer, uh, your, 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 your uh, system. Because... I've been arrested. Like it's not showing up, and he kept. Why did you say you were arrested? Because you didn't know. No, because I knew the guy was arrested. Oh, okay. I knew the guy whose name I was shooting had, uh, who I was using had been in, in, incarcerated before. Okay. So I, I pretty much knew, knew it, not for nothing major, but, but they was telling me it wasn't showing up. His arrest wasn't showing up, and I was like, he didn't have a bad criminal. The guy didn't have a bad criminal record. That's why you use it. You use people whose names is not. Uh, uh, they have bad stuff on their record and stuff right. like you that. don't want to use the name and they have a warrant out. right and right. stuff like that so you got to be careful with things like that yeah. on the name you, you use so I knew his name was clean because the guy wasn't and he had a little like minor stuff it wasn't nothing he wasn't no into the real criminal stuff so okay. that's why his name was safe and you know if they just raised they raised the red flag then they just he kept trying to come like come on would you have a warrant you don't want to tell me your name like I don't care about it. Like we don't care about the. We not sweating those warrants. Like we just need to know your real name. Like if you got a warrant, so what? We ain't you. We gonna let you go off that. Trying to persuade me, and I'm like, he's like, just tell me. Like, I'm like, that's my name. I I told you my name. He like, he like, then why why? I'm like, cause I'm telling you, maybe your system. Like he like, well maybe you full of shit. <laughs> and you know, that's what he said. And he like, I'm gonna find out. And we went back. And they kept trying to run it, and there was something. He like, and they came back. Well, we gonna have to find out when we get down to the police station so they wanted to fingerprint us so I was in the back trying to find something sharp because certain things people do and I've, I've never done this but I've seen people do it they scratch their fingertips up so you can't get a 
mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's the name? But it was nothing sharp on there to 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 scratch my tips up with. So I didn't do it. I couldn't do it. So we got to the police station. They took us um, uh, to a, a certain part in there. Sat us on a bench. Handcuffed us to the bench. And um, they started doing it's so much. It's just the the police in the lab. Man, at this point, it's probably like three in the morning. Three in the morning. Two, three in the morning. Um, they came, ran. Uh, they came, pulled me out of nowhere. Took me out. Uh, ran tests on my hands. I didn't. Never had. Well, I was still handcuffed. They never unhandcuffed me. They just. I was handcuffed from the back. So one detective, I said he's. I saw, he opened up a package and putting gloves on. I'm like, what's this? He said we checking you for gunpowder residue. I said. I refuse. I'm not like I'm not consenting. I just wanted. I'm not consenting to being checked for gunpowder residue on my hands. He said, well, "You have no choice." And one of them, you know, put me. He um, he like kind of made, like bent my back forward so my hands get raised in the handcuff position. Like push me. My hand gesture. Your hands are obviously behind you. Behind my back. Right behind my back. And um and. He like kind of pushed me forward and bend my, you know, to look down to the ground with my with my hands get raised in the back, which the other detective lift my hands up. They put it felt like they 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 put some type of they swiped my hands with something, swabbed it. Did if I didn't actually see because they was behind me right. with the handcuffs, so it felt like my hands were swabbed. They put some type of plastic on it, pulled it off, and it was like. A couple steps that they did and then took me back then he asked my name again I told uh, the, that officer came back because he was just talking he was just talking mad stuff like he was just like just being an asshole like just making like oh making jokes about the victim like oh so who shot him da 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 like just, just saying a lot of corny dickhead stuff trying to trick you or evoke a response from you yeah just being like trying to who knows? It was like a variety, I believe. I think he wanted to see who was going to talk. Then he just wanted to talk shit to us about like being caught. And he just was talking a lot of stuff. So he, me, he was particularly focused on because of the name incident. So he like, come on. Came and him and another uh, detective took me to another part in there where they had a fingerprint and things. So they ran my fingerprints. Um, you have to wait after they did all that real quickly they took me back I told them when I came back I told the guys on the bench that what happened with the uh, with them running my hands for gunpowder residue and I was just like thinking like what the hell like why would they only do me that's what's going through my mind why did I only get done you know then I'm thinking like did somebody I know none of the people here that I'm but I'm thinking like this did a witness like you know I'm kind of clueless to like what the hell is like you would think they would do everybody right like without knowing how like so I'm thinking did the victim say anything like uh did did, did, did the witness see something and, and see me like I, it did it did I, I, that was going through my mind and then I caught a break cause the system was down and the guy was running the press he like oh the system down and which is kind of funny because you told them like maybe your system's messed up right so yeah right so now the system at the police station they, they can't get nothing back so he just you can tell he just like 
he just being a smart ass. Like he just they took me to another. They took me to the train station in the in the police part of the train station. They ran my fingerprints. Then I was once again brought back on the bench with the rest of my comrades, and um, I was I'm just sitting by this point, be tired. I'm like. Ah, just bracing myself to be hit with another attempted murder charge now. And um looking at, you know, my comrades and all of them and really admiring how they was holding up throughout the ordeal and all that was going through my mind. We made small talk trying to peace trying to say as much when we had free time to talk outside of the police when they walking off and mm-hmm. things like that, to whisper a couple words and talk, try to game plan around on speculate on what what was how they what led them to this conclusion and what and all but we all pretty much was under the impression that we was all facing gonna face attempted murder conspiracy charges and things like that and um that's when the the, the dickhead officer I'll say he turned up his sarcasm once it came back and he like oh wow you right here just uh shooting people from city to city Shaheed Brown is, is said my actual name. I'm like, okay, you got me. And I didn't say that to him, but I'm thinking to myself, you got me. And okay. I was just, I was just mad because how he just was rubbing it in, like, oh, you a real ability kid, and how he be saying that, like, you know, you messed up though on this one. You got the job done in Trenton, in Mercer County, but you messed up on this one. You know, the victim survived, so I was, like, oh, pretty much like, oh, so the victim's gonna cooperate, and um, they end up. Surprisingly, they let two of my comrades go. They let two of them go. And they asked them to make a call, let them go. Didn't say anything, they left. So I'm like, were they in the other car? No, they was with me. Oh. They let them go. And um, the other the other two, they charged with the receiving stolen property and the possession of a weapon yeah. for the gun that was in there. And they took me down to city lockup because... Of course, I already didn't even matter at that. The murder charge was on me. They knew I was wanted for um, the homicide of Trent. So they sat up, they put us all in city lockup cells. And um, probably like around early that morning, at some point, it wasn't no clocks inside the, inside the cell. So we was taking, we was booked, and I still was able to hold on to my cell phone. Wow. I was still able to hold on to my cell phone. They never, it was a sloppy job. Like, they gave them my, our property. They did a half job on us because when they finally did take the handcuffs off and have us and take us to city lockup inside a holding cell before they put us in our actual cell, I was able to tuck it in, in my boxes. And they just did a half job. And I got in the cell. So I make a call, but the phone was badly dying. So. It was only before the phone died, I just kept cutting it off and I'd make a call and cut it off before it eventually died in city lockup. And that's when um I was transported that 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 very morning. They uh some homicide detectives from Mercer County came, woke me up, uh banged on the uh, bars in city lockup and t- told me I was being transported to Mercer County facing charges of um, homicide. Okay. Do you get to call anybody and let anybody know? I mean, other than the phone that they forgot to take on you, do they? Um, yeah, I, I, I use the jail, uh, what's the name, and I contacted um, uh, Gene Ross, who's like, I call him my Jewish 
mother, she's ex-attorney from out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I contacted like a prison her. advocate. Advocate, right. Yeah. So I contacted her, contacted my two sisters, letting them know what happened. Um, and I contacted my daughter mother, letting her know that what was going on, letting her know, keeping her afloat. I said minimum, but so like I'm being incarcerated, I explain everything when I get to where I'm going and left it at that. Okay. Then I was um, held in city lockup until... You say city lockup, you mean they transported you to... To Mercer County, to Mercer County. So I, now that I was in the milk city lockup, and then now they transported me to Mercer County city lockup. Didn't you go to, you, you went to the uh, Trenton Police Department first? Right, that's what they city lockup at. Oh, city lockup. City lockup. That's what you're city lockup. Right. Okay. Okay. And so I did, so when I, when they transported me to, um, the detective was trying to make small talk, going a ride, going back. But I didn't, uh, didn't say anything. I just laid my head back thinking, um, about the fight to come, the legal battle that I was going to have ahead of me. Um, thinking about if convicted, uh. It was just, you know, in those type of times, you you think about, and I don't, one thing for sure, no matter how much, no matter how much experience you have, you can never get, you never lose that feeling of, that, that encounter with police, that, like, that feeling of being uh, apprehended, or e- even any type of search, if they just pull you over and run and search the car behind some, you, even if there's nothing clean in it, you never get that feeling of being in the back of a police car, to having sure. that. Is it never it never goes away. You always, no matter how much you, even the hardened criminal who in and out of prison, you never lose that. You never lose that feeling being in the back of a police car. So I was going through that. Then they end up. We finally reached city lockup um, in Mercer County in Trenton. I was uh, booked, uh, photographed. They took my motor, my mug shots, and then I was placed inside an interrogation room. I was placed inside an interrogation room where they they had me wait. Um, I was just in there. I, I noticed the camera, which I know all of them got in there. I just, I wanted to locate. I located the camera, and I'm just thinking, okay, I'm really not for. I wasn't in the mood. I was like, I didn't really get no sleep. I just wanted to go to. His face would just go lay down the face and face whatever it was once I got rest. I guess I was exhausted. And um the two detectives finally came back in, tried to make small talk with me, basically asked me um my name, they wanted to know um like small information my date of birth and to confirm, I guess all that. Then they tried to go into asking me about the murder of July fourteenth. So you had said earlier that no one ever read you your Miranda rights. Do they read you your Miranda rights? No, I'm not reading my Miranda rights by um that. No, I wasn't reading my Miranda rights. Okay. That I can believe. I don't believe they did. He just came. They just was eager to get the questioning on. Right. That's what you could tell. I got from them. They wanted to butter me up. Like I said, I know how we go when they make small talk. They don't care about. I understand. They don't care about me. They don't care how my day was. So when they do that. It's like, you know, it's funny. But yeah, it's a stupid process. I don't, I don't, that they even ask that is to ask somebody those things as if nobody, I guess it worked for them. So it does work for them with the silly criminals. Sure. But, you know, he went into that asking me about the July 14th murder. And um, I was asking him, am I being 
I asked him, I tried to basically skip the foreplay of the conversation and get right to, you know, the intercourse of it and act, am I being arrested? And he said, well, he didn't want to tell me that. Then it's the game that the police play. They, they want to play. Like, I'm like, am I being charged with anything? He said, as of right now, you're not implying that if I talk about me talking to him, I can change that. Uh, That's what he's implying. So this is the games, the cat and mouse game that they're playing in the interrogation room. He don't want to tell me that I'm being charged because then I he he don't want to risk me clamoring up. So he want to keep it on. And I'm a, I was aware of that, so I just kept asking, well, "Am I being arrested?" And he was like, um, "I asked him was I was I being charged." He, he implied that I wasn't, and I can't really remember the full what's the name, but I know I asked him is this being recorded. It's a conversation being recorded because I wasn't going to speak on the same detail about anything without because I don't again I don't trust them whether I'm, whether I'm innocent or guilty I'm not going to speak to them because they they're going to I seen them even for lack of a better word finger fuck the paperwork they manipulate the paperwork they they put things in there to 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 convict you and that didn't actually happen so I just I was asking them I said um. Is this being recorded? And he said, uh, yes. And I said, is it being recorded right now? He said, yes. You needed to be off to talk to us. And that, he said that a little too eager. Like he wanted, he was too eager to cut it off. And I was like, no. I, you know, when, basically letting him know that I wanted it on. So when I asked for my attorney, I knew that I was aware that this was being recorded. That I knew they can't put no words in my mouth. That was my main concern in there. That was my only concern being I knew just nothing, nothing I said to them was gonna satisfy them. Right. So I, but when, once you got, because asking for an attorney in an interrogation is the trigger word where they have to stop. They, they, they didn't. Not saying that they would, but but you understood that if that right. played out, it's gonna stop. Word. The interrogation would stop. Right. Right. And you know, they tried to. He tried to still make small talk, like okay, um, and he and. Through something else I did to get, if you wanted that, if I'd have kept talking, he would have sat back down, and you know that, like you could tell from having the experience with law enforcement, you know, and not that particular what's the name, but you know they pretty much common and do some of the same things. Some are more aggressive and blatant, some are more sneaky. But once they say I was at me, try to give me, he, he handed a card, and I'm like, well, if you change your mind, talk to us, whatever, and then. They sent me to city lockup, and um, that's when I was. I, I made a couple more phone calls and eventually contacted by by you. Right. Um, due due to our mutual connection with uh, Jane Ross. Right. And you came out of city lockup. We spoke. You've been listening to Not an Innocent Man podcast a true crime podcast from the perspective of the man accused of murder and the attorney that tried the cases.